0: Okay, everyone, I'm here with Mr. Paul Rushforth. Uh, He's up in Ottawa, up in the province of Ontario. A good friend of mine. I was excited all day. Uh, I told my wife this morning, I I got Paul on our podcast today, and uh, she knows Paul very well. And uh, we were both uh, just talking about some of the memories that I had with Paul. So uh, thanks for coming on, Paul. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was telling Sherry, I said, I I got uh, Paul coming on the call, and she says, Oh, my God, that's great. How's he doing? And um, I mean, we go back, I don't know how many years, Paul, but I know I remember you being earlier in the business, probably somewhere around 2005, 2006, somewhere in that area where we met yeah. uh, back in a back in a, a prior coaching program. And um, I mean, you were on fire back then, and I know you're continuing to do that here into 2020. So really excited to get this uh, podcast uh, with you today. And just to really start off by just asking a few questions, Paul, about uh, really just getting into this business. I know you were in the, the hockey professional hockey business back in, uh, for, I don't think it was like about 10 years or so that you were a professional hockey player. Yeah. Uh, and then you got into real estate. Can you give us a little background, just how you, how that all transitioned and maybe just a little background, uh, how you got into real estate after hockey.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I played 10 years of pro hockey, uh, all throughout North America. my last four years were in London, England. Uh, and truthfully, um, you have that. Uh, I guess when you're a professional hockey player, you can either go the university route or you can go a different route where you go play in the uh, OHL, Ontario Hockey League. I chose the Ontario Hockey League, so I, I have a high school education. I didn't get a university education, and by the time my career was coming to an end, it was cut short by concussions. Um, the only thing I knew was real estate because my mom was in real estate. Um, and that's as a professional athlete, it's hard coming out of that sport because you don't know what to do. You don't. You're not. You don't have some craft that you want to work on. So I got into real estate uh, in 2004. Um, you know, I actually wanted to join my mom as sort of a buyer's agent, and she said no. I said, what, <laughs> no, she said you'll make it on your own. You don't need me. And uh, I guess I just succeeded out of fear, to be honest with you. So yeah, I got into, into real estate in 04. Uh, you and I met, I think you're probably right, somewhere around 06 in the, in our, in the coaching program where were in together. Um, and uh, yeah, we go way back. We have lots of fun stories.
0: So you got into the business 04 uh, since 2007. You've been the number one or your team, you and your uh, team has been number one uh, in all of Ottawa. And then in 2009, uh, you were number one for KW Keller Williams uh, back then worldwide, not only in Canada, but also worldwide. Yeah. And uh, so you took a huge leap. And you know, going back to those early days, I mean, when I talk to people getting into the business, there's so many agents that they get into the business with all these great ideas, but they fail. Uh, 87% fail in their first two years. Um, what are your thoughts on? I mean, if you were getting into the real estate business today, what was what would be some things you would do different knowing what you know now?
1: Um, well, I I think to be honest with you, um, I it was my success. It helped help me to get to my success, but also almost killed me, was I spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. I had full-page ads, billboards, you name it, I was doing it. But it helped me become successful very quick. But I went through three years of going down to my last penny, you know, credit cards being maxed. and So I probably wouldn't go that route again. Um, But then again, it helped me propel to to be successful quick. The one thing I would say is – is what all successful realtors or all successful people do is one they're not scared to fail i wasn't scared to fail uh, if you fail and then turtle then that's where you die if you fail and propel from that that's where you succeed and i think um you know someone asked me one time on stage what makes me so successful my answer was because i'm a bigger failure than you and that's true i'm a bigger failure than most people because i've failed so many times yeah. but i've learned from those failures And I've grown from those failures, and I've just gone in a totally different direction. The other thing I did, and I I strongly recommend anyone getting into the business, is you have to be a sponge. You have to be a sponge. Throw your ego out and just be a sponge. Learn from the best. And, you know, I learned from some of the best. Our coaching program, we're in together, I learned from you, Lester, all the guys in that coaching program. But I was up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and back in the days of Keller Williams, they had all these um what were they called vhs because like tapes yep. and all that yep. and i would study people's listing presentations i'd study people's routines i've studied people anything that i could learn i was a sponge if there was a course i was on it if there was no matter what there was i mean people would say to me you know you're a couple of years in the business you're selling a couple hundred homes why do you need a coach as well tiger woods needs a coach wayne gretzky needs a coach everyone needs a coach and i need direction Um, And that's one of the things that got me into coaching as well, which was uh, another thing that really helped me on my success was coaching.
0: It is true. I mean, even coming from the hockey, be very competitive sport, right. Being in hockey. Um, And I believe you were even an assistant coach yourself uh, when you did that as well. And, you know, coaching is still today. I still, I still have coaches myself. I know you have coaches as well. Uh, And I think that's something that it's an investment in ourselves. And there's so many agents that uh, I see out there that have got, received coaching and they've done very well. And then you see some agents that uh, have done well without coaching, but it's been a struggle. And yeah. um, and then I think I see the other side of it where a lot of people don't want to invest in coaching. I think it's so important. Uh, either you get a coach or you make sure that you're working for someone who's a great mentor uh, or, or who runs a, a great team that you can actually work off of. So, uh, And I know, you know, coming up to your office, uh, I think, I don't know, it's probably four or five years ago. Uh, I actually brought my team and my staff, a couple of people from my staff up to see you and uh, you just have an incredible operation. I mean, if anyone was thinking of a selling uh, up in Ottawa, you um, definitely got to use you guys. I mean, you guys do an awesome job. Um, I appreciate
1: that. Willie. And, and to be honest with you, it was, you know, if you remember uh, I came down to your office too and, 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 and you know, uh, to be, be in one of your team, huge team meetings. And uh, and I learned a lot from that as well, especially the structure of your team meetings and that that I took home as well. So uh, I, I think we run very similar businesses, to be honest with you, uh, in what we do.
0: You're right, because, I mean, we run more of a broker team model, right? So, and you, and you do the same thing. where We're a brokerage, we're independent, uh, but we're building our teams and we treat our agents as team members, obviously, and, and we're giving them leads and we're providing with the support uh, the training, the coaching, and uh, that 's huge because they don't, a lot of agents don 't realize that they don 't get that at the regular type franchises out out there and there's I'm not knocking franchise, a lot of great franchises that are out there, but um, I know for what we provide and what we give to our agents um, you don 't find that in a lot of brokerages no you, you don't
1: and you know if you're, i'm sure you 're going to ask this question, but you 're probably going to say if I was brand new in the business, what would I do in my first my first thing I would do is seek out the best qualified team to join. Um, and I know, you know, i was sitting through your team meeting there, the training you guys did was, was unbelievable. Um, and, I, and I think that as a new agent in the industry, you need that. You need that because you join a different brokerage. It's just like, there's your desk, there's your phone, good, good luck. You know, you have to s- seek out other uh, training uh, methods. But, you know, with a team like yours, a team like mine, I mean, my sole job is I don't sell anymore. Um, my sole job is to educate and train my team to be better than me. And most of these guys are better than me. And it's funny when someone calls and says, no, I want to deal with Paul. I'll call him and say, you really don't. You really don't. You want to deal with my team, not me.
0: Right. right. So. But it, it is true because, I mean, you know, you run the radio show and I know a lot of your, uh, you've been doing it for, I mean, how many years now you've been doing the radio show?
1: Almost 13 years we've been doing the radio show. Yeah. On, on the... It's on a talk, talk radio here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be doing Saturday time, 11 to 12, and we've been doing it now for almost 13 years, and it's been a, a screaming success.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of people see you, they listen to you for a number of years, uh, and they know, like, and trust you already. So they already feel that they know you, right? Because I know, because yeah. we, we've done radio shows, we've done uh, TV shows, and it's like, um, you know, you walk in and they feel like they already know who you are. And, and it's kind of weird. Like at first when people used to, you know, know a little bit more about you than you know about them, it was a little bit weird, but, uh, as time went on, uh, I felt that uh, that's exactly what we were doing and why we were doing what we were doing because the educated client and a client that, uh, is a good follower is going to remain with you, give you repeat and referral business and, uh, they're great, great contact. So, um, Back in the day, I guess, when, you know, thinking back to when when we first started, I know um, you were very successful and you still are very successful with inside sales. And uh, I think I was speaking in one of the breakout sessions and I remember you coming up to me and saying, I, I need that uh, 3 4 12, and I want that information about the follow-up. I don't know if you remember that.
1: I did. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, tell us a little about your inside sales process and the importance of follow-up. because I I think... Not that I think, I know a lot of, lot of agents get a lot of leads, and what they don't understand is that 80% of those leads are down the road. You've done a great job perfecting that lead conversion, and I just thought uh, maybe you can share a little bit about what you guys do on lead conversion.
1: For sure. Yeah, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's the backbone of our business is the inside sales position. In fact, uh, when I was still trading, uh, obviously, the first thing I gave up was my buyers, Mm -hmm. Uh, I had buyer reps and then the second thing I gave up was I trained someone to be better than me on listing presentations so I slowly got myself away from that. The last job I did was as an inside sales agent for the team Um, Mm -hmm. and I hated it because it's a skill set that I, I mean I'm okay, I mean I like being on the phone, I'd rather be in person and with people and and connecting with people. Um, So what I did is I hired someone to replace me in the inside sales position and since then we've grown a, a, a team of five inside sales agents. And these guys have been with me. You think, you know, that it's a burn and churn position and they can't last more than a year. I got two guys over 10 years with me. I got another guy nine years. Uh, My, my newest person is uh, six years. So they've been with me forever. Uh, I take, treat that position like one of the most important positions on the team. And their sole job is to get back to leads like that, because we know that, like you said, 80%, like two thirds of business is future business. And, If you're, if if I'm an agent right now, I'm busy and I get someone calling in saying, yeah, I'm looking five months down the road, boom, that's gone. That lead is absolutely gone. But my inside sales team, their job is to nurture those leads until they're ready to go for my outside sales team. Um, We have a lot of, a lot of procedures in place, systems in place uh, that allow these guys to be successful. Um, But it's the, it's absolutely the backbone of what we do as an inside sales um, team, um, mainly because we know that leads have to be responded to within five to 10 minutes. And your success rate, if you respond to it in five minutes goes through the roof. Problem is we're busy agents. We're on the road. We're going for lunch. We've got kids. We have family, this and that. We don't get back to leads quick enough. So if you have someone who's manning the phones, we have them from nine to nine and nine to five on the weekend. So there, no lead goes missed when we're with this inside sales team. It's so important.
0: Now, um, a lot of people say, what's the best CRM? That's a question I get all the time. And I know we struggle with this over the years as well. What, what CRM are you guys using now?
1: So uh, we use uh, Infusionsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infusionsoft is very robust, uh, very complicated. Um, if you're a brand new agent in the business, I probably don't recommend uh, Infusionsoft. It's for, um, like, you know, Jocelyn. Jocelyn basically runs the company through Infusionsoft. It's right. brilliant for her. Uh, there's lots of easier CRMs out there. But once you start getting into the hundreds and thousands of sales, uh, you need something like an Infusionsoft.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, for a typical agent coming in, I mean, I, I often refer HubSpot as a great database, very simple. Because yeah. really all you need to do is get your names in there, get the follow-up sequence uh, so that you can get back to them when you said you get back to them, and just keep notes and email addresses and addresses for, for sure. And, for and,
1: and one of the most important things is it's a CRM is perfect for that, to keep you – you know, keep notes in there, to know what you've talked about, to remind you of your next call, your next appointment. But um, what's really, really important with CRM too is you need a drip system. You need to be able to drip on people because if you have a hundred, two hundred a thousand, ten thousand people in your CRM you can't call everyone all the time, but if you can drip on them through a drip campaign, they're hearing from you. They're touching you. So make sure your CRM has that capability.
0: Awesome. Um, three, four, twelve. I, I know we talked about that before. Uh, any, any thoughts on that or, or how an agent should apply that type of frequency on follow-up?
1: Well, we, we were doing that with well. I'll say we have got away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my agents are, um, I mean, my inside sales agents will drip on someone um, almost every day for probably seven days. And then it could be every second day for seven days. Mm-hmm. until we either call it dead or get a hold of those people but we're constantly in communication with those people and our average right now our average deal from the time it enters into our system to the time they actually um like meet with us on an appointment
0: yeah
1: is anywhere between one and a, one and a half months so it's that it just shows you if you're just following up once or twice gone you're, gone, you're, yeah. you're not, not enough not enough you need to be constantly following up because people usually do business with you on the eight eighth attempt so you need at least eight
0: attempts at these people okay awesome so let's talk about leads like everyone's like you know what's the best lead source and i mean it seems like every time um i talk to some of the agents as soon as i get licensed they can bombard it with emails and phone calls all these different lead sources and you know these automatic um you know things that they can get on social media and everything else but um what would you say i mean your top three lead source i mean i know radio show has been been your biggest one right yeah. Um, but what would you say, you know, besides the radio show giving you leads, uh, what would you say some of the other uh, better resources of leads are?
1: So keep in mind, here in Ottawa, we don't have IDX. So we don't have a lot of those sites that you guys are able to use. We do, have, we do use Commissions, Inc., but, you know, it's fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the radio show gets, is number one. It, radio presence is number one because I do a lot on the radio. I don't, I don't just do the show. I do a lot of advertising on the radio. Gotcha. Once again, brand new agent, very expensive. So I don't recommend that's where you go right now. So radio show, radio advertising, uh, sign calls. And then number three would be commissions, Inc. Uh, problem with the, uh, lead, those lead sources as you guys go, because you guys have all the boom towns and all that kind of stuff. Right, They're expensive. And if you're not willing to put in a lot of attempts to follow up with these people, I would not be signing up and wasting your money with it because they're longer term leads um so if you're going to do that just make sure you have a great follow-up system in place with some of these you know idx sites but i'd say you're so i mean sign calls we get tons because we have while well, we in this market our listings are gone but uh, usually we have you know upwards of 100 200 listings but right now i think we're carrying about 35 which is the lowest we've carried in eons
0: wow 35 so yeah like you said but these pendings uh, are through the roof right because every time you put something on it's gone
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've had through this pandemic. I mean, what I did with my team is I, I, we did a zoom call every single morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. It was not a, it was not a mandatory. It was like, you know, you want to come on get recharged. You want to talk about it. It could be five minutes. It could be 25 minutes. Just so I see you guys and I can educate you what's going on. Uh, And my message was really, really clear with these guys was number one, stay safe, stay healthy. Number two was move the business forward. And number three was load the cannons for when we come out of this. And I think that's one thing that we are really, really strong on is even some of my agents that refused to go out of the house because they were worried, they worked their business. They were constantly on the phone. They, they got up at, you know, whatever time they get up six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, they did their routine as if they were going to work every single day. And because of that, a lot of these guys didn't miss a beat. And, you know, nine of my, nine of my 12 agents are actually ahead of where they were last year. So they're, um, they really did a really good job through this pandemic. And, you know, it, a lot of it was about loading the cannons too. Like my inside sales team, they worked sometimes 12 hours a day. They had to get ready for when we were ready to sell and get out of this. And uh, and it, we, we, I mean, as far as the pandemic goes, in our real estate market, there was no pandemic. Right. So much yeah, like so- a lot of places throughout the States and Canada, there's, there's the real estate market just went.
0: Yeah, you know, New York was one of the hardest hit in the beginning. And uh, same message came across uh, with our team as well. I mean, we had a couple of days of, okay, what's going to happen here? And then after that, we all got back to work. Uh, we had calls every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, we had calls in between. But the same message was basically stay healthy, stay safe. That was number one priority. But we had a lot of agents uh, just start getting on the phone and start doing their check-in calls with customers, see how they were doing. Uh, prior clients that they had as well. Uh, but you know that the one thing though, Paul, is that a lot of them were selling selling homes virtually, right? Just going yeah. through and never even saw the house, listing homes, selling homes uh, through virtual uh, methods. And uh, so there's a way that you can do it if you really want to do it. But then you had some agents that just checked out and they maybe, I don't know, I don't want to pick on anyone in particular, but I'm thinking of a few that I've talked to, not only in my company, but also around them. Uh, around the country (laughs) I talk to that use as more of an excuse not to work. Yeah, And uh, these are, they're the ones that are suffering now, you know, but I see uh, all of our top agents definitely uh, for the most part are head where they were last year. uh, Just like you mentioned. So
1: it was funny. There's a Facebook group here in Ottawa and I'm reading this Facebook group and I'm, and I'm seeing all these agents are like, well, you know what, now I'm going to take up cooking and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I can't wait to do this. I'm like, what are you doing? Like right. You want to keep the, keep the needle going. And, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them fired themselves. Like they really just took the, took the pandemic off. They looked at it as a vacation. Did I do some things that I wanted to do because of the time that we had now? Absolutely. I did. I picked, I started getting back into activities and walking and things like that, uh, which was great, but, I wasn't walking, listening to music. I was walking, listening to podcasts, listening to, you know, anything I could to stimulate my brain and keep my, my focus because as a leader of the company, and I know you, you're a tremendous leader of your company. As a leader of a company, you can't quit. (laughs) You can't quit. And you have to, a lot of my time I I spent through the pandemic, just motivating my guys, just keeping them going, giving them good news, telling them that things are going to be great. And that's what a true leader does. It's, it's they're selfless and they have to make sure that they're keeping their, their team, their company going, no matter what's happening
0: in the world. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Let's talk a shift a little bit on the social media side. Do you guys do a lot with social media or where are you guys at with that? We do a ton,
1: and actually, in uh, 2018 and 2019, uh, there's a there's a place, a mag, or sort of like a company that that ranks all the agents. We've been ranked number one in social media. Uh, Jocelyn, my assistant, who's been with me since day one, who you know, uh, she crushes exactly. it. She crushes it. She crushes it on you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the sites that you have to. Right. Uh, super, super important. And you know, I do see agents. The mistake that agents make, especially newer ones. Obviously, you don't mix your business page and your personal page. That's the first thing you know. People start off unfollowing you when I'm starting posting all my listings on my personal page. They don't want to see that. What people really want is information and content is really what people want. Don't get on there and start, you know, it's not a sell. It's not a sell. We just want to, you want to position yourself as the authority figure and someone who's willing to help and give out information in order to receive
0: that's so true. I, you know, I, I tell people now I see a lot of agents make a huge mistake now, even with the uh, everything with politics, right? With this presidential election coming up here, yeah. we're taping this now in September, it's coming up here in a few weeks. Um, I told agents I said, listen, go ahead. If you yeah, it's freedom of speech. And if you want to go ahead and put that stuff on your uh, Facebook page or social media, you can, but expect you're going to lose a lot of business. Yeah. Right. Because there's some nasty conversations going with each post that you do. And uh, not only that, but also religion, too. So that's like a big no-no, I tell them. And all of our agents, for the most part, uh, have done a great job not doing that. But social media can be very strong, but it can also hurt you as well.
1: Well, you keep in mind, it doesn't disappear, right? I mean, if someone once it's out there, someone has seen it, someone's recorded it, someone's screenshotted it. But, yeah, I... I, on my social media page, I stay right away from politics. I stay right away from religion or race or any of that kind of stuff. I just, I'm partial on all that. Um, you know, there's times where you want to take a stand, which what you have to realize is once you take a stand on this, you've made an enemy on this, right? right. Like, if, if I take a stand on, you know, a politician, well, you know what, if I say I don't like Trump, whoever supports Trump is not liking me, right? So you to got to be careful. I mean, you're not, you're not out there just trying to make everyone happy, but at the same time, careful what you put out there in the world and, and then it should all be content driven. Uh, and it, it has to help. It has to help people. They have to want to read your post. And what are you right. putting in there? That's enough for them to read it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, a couple of questions and, uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, time management, a lot of agents struggling with that. Um, I know that you, uh, you know, teach and help your agents with it, especially now with the pandemic. I mean, well, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you, but I've had some agents like Willie, I, I don't, you know, they can't even breathe, right? They know, where's the paper bag? I mean, they're having panic attacks. I mean, they just one after another. I mean, deals were coming in, deals are going, you know, appraisal issues, you know, inspection issues, but it was just like you went from zero to a hundred pretty quick. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I don't think, you know, obviously that I keep telling them like, listen, take it now as it's coming through. We know this is not going to be the norm forever, um, but just take it back to more of a normal market. And really for the new agents, I think new agents coming into the business, one of the things that they struggle with is, you know, what do I do, right? They're coming from a, a nine to five job and then it's all of a sudden, you know, what do I do? Um, any, any advice you can give for a, say a newer agent coming in as to what, you know, their schedule should be. Again, knowing now what you know, uh, how they should have their day-to-day operations uh, go.
1: Yeah, so I actually had an interview the other day with a, a brand new agent, uh, who's was killing it. It's crushing it. But he's, he, he's telling me his schedule. It was like five to six. I did that six to seven, like all day. He was regimented. And I said, you do have to leave some space for change. If something happens to so some sort of change, but what I would tell new agents coming in this business is there's a few things that you need to do. Number one, you need to build, build your brand as quick as possible and as cheap as possible. So, social media is a great way to build that brand. Okay. You need to build that brand. Number two, get up and do open houses, get up and do open houses and meet people. A lot of people say, well, you, you open houses are useless. They're not useless to meet people. You want to be able to meet people. Number two, you need a good CRM, which is very, very important. Um, uh, you have to master. These are, these are probably the four or five things that I tell new agents. This is what you need to do new agents even when they're coming to my company. So the CRM, presentations you have to be able to master a presentation you have to be able to present but even more important than presenting you need to master the disc the disc as you obviously know what it is for the agents yeah. out there don't it's a personality profile disc um, because if you know how to present but you don't know how to read someone's personality profile your presentation is useless so the disc mastering it the presentation crm open houses right there that's
0: all i do yeah, that's great advice. Uh, we were just having a conversation the other day about that where we had uh, uh, a high, I guess, S personality type agent go in on against a D and didn't like the feel of getting shut down pretty quick. Uh, but you got to read your person and you, know, you got to read that, that, that prospect when you go into it. And I, I totally agree with you 100%. Well, I,
1: and I warn my agents too when they're going through the training process because we probably have a two or three month training process. At the end of it, they have to do the listing and the buyer presentation to me. And I always warn them, okay, we've talked about the disc, we've educated you on the disc, we've done training on the disc. Now you're presenting to me. Present to me like you should present to a high D personality. And there's times where they'll present it. It's like 45 minutes long, I'm falling asleep like this. And I said, that's great if you're presenting to an S and a C, but you've lost me. I don't even know what you're saying anymore. Like I'm gone. You need to present to that person the way they need to be presented to, and I think that was one of my biggest strengths when I was trading in real estate was I was a chameleon. I didn't care if you're a 90 year old grandmother or a you know a 30 year old millennial. Uh, I knew how to present to you because I knew your personality type and the, just knowing what questions to ask to learn that personality profile uh, is so important. It's more important to master the disc than it is to present. It really is. And my inside sales agents now are so good at recognizing DISC by what they're asking that they'll actually put it in the notes just so you're going in to present to a high S, just so you know you're going to present to a high C. uh, So the agents know how to prepare for that appointment, how they have to present for it. That's super important.
0: Yeah, that makes it so much easier uh, when you know that, get that out of the way.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, awesome stuff. Well, I know you do a lot for uh, the community uh, and, and giving back so many different things that you're involved in and charities and stuff like that. I uh, wanted to see if you could talk a little about the importance of that, what you guys actually do and, and also talk a little bit about your golf event as well.
1: For sure. Well, you know what, one thing I realized as I got it started to establish myself in the business, and i started to make some good money is that it's very important to give back and too many people give back for the recognition. Uh, and that's not the reason to give back. The reason to give back is, you know, but they say that money doesn't buy happiness but money does buy opportunity. Uh, and the one thing that that's done for me is it's, it's given me an opportunity to help other people. So we're invested in lots of different charities, um, but one of our biggest events, just like you did, is the, uh, the charity golf tournament. Uh, we've, had, we've, we've had multiple charities over the years, um, but uh, you know, we'll raise anywhere. I think we've raised over the last eight years, we've been doing it somewhere in the range of two hundred and fifty to $300,000 for our charities um it's a fun day it's a like people love it uh, and we're raising money for a great cause um, throughout the year we're always doing different charity events i think the golf tournament's probably our biggest just like it's probably your biggest uh, and unfortunately through this pandemic we weren't able to to do the golf tournament like we mentioned before talking it's, it was trying to ask businesses for money in this climate it was really tough and there's some that have thrived and there's some that are dying right now that it's hard to ask for money so the only issue is that is that our charities suffered now. I mean, we have one charity, the Orleans Commonland Resource Center, that we're responsible for 25% of their revenue. So that was a that was a harsh one for them. Um, and we're still trying to do other things to raise money for them through this pandemic. But yeah, I just believe in I believe in giving back. I believe in giving back without recognition. I mean, it's, it's great sometimes when you get recognized for it, but that's not why you want to do charity events. You want to do charity events because you one, you're helping, it makes you feel good. Uh, and then people know you like. I've had so many people call me and say, I want to sell my house with you because you're just a real giving person to everybody. And it's, it's, it's nice to, to know that. It's nice to be recognized as you are as someone who's a leader in, in in charity functions and charity events and helping people. So it's a it's a huge proponent of our business for sure.
0: Awesome, man. Keep up the great work. And um, I know you guys came down here originally when you wanted to start doing golf tournaments. You came yeah. down and saw ours and uh, you went back and just plus plused it and did a great job with it. We actually have those cutouts uh, with, you know, with the funny faces and stuff like yeah. that. Actually, I don't think we did the funny faces, but we got the cutouts with my head, with Brian's head on there. And uh, cool. Uh, it's pretty funny. We put them out on the course People were putting into our, like, you know, face and stuff. But yeah. uh, we got that from you. And um, you know, just the way you market that. But you, like, it just, like you said, it's fun. Uh, people enjoy it. Gets people together. It gets community together. And it's all for a great cause. And um, well, the one that, thing,
1: too, one thing, Willie, about my golf tournament is I said to the organizers right at the start, I said, listen. I don't have the time to be trying to recruit sponsorship every single year. So I want to make this golf tournament so fun that I, I, I don't pick up the phone. They call me to be involved in it next year. So we, have, we, so we probably could give a little bit more money to charity. But at the same time, I, I want it to be fun that people want to come back. And so we, we have food and booze on every second hole, um, you know, whether it's, you know, shrimp on the barbie, whether it's beers, whether it's coolers, whether it's, uh, you know, pulled pork sandwiches, whatever it is on every second hole. So the people either come in a little bit drunk, but, yeah, but they definitely come in full. And then we put on a great live event and auction stuff. Like that. And it just makes it so easy every year to recruit to that event. And it's uh, because running a golf tournament, like, I mean, like it's, it's such, it's so hard, as you know, it's so hard to put that together. People don't know the hours that you spend putting that together. And what do we get from that besides the way we feel after doing it? But money-wise, we get nothing from that. We're doing it to help, right? And it's, uh, it's, it's, I always, I wanted to make my event so fun that people just wanted to come back. And I think we did that.
0: We had it in our schedule this year to come up, Paul.
1: Yeah, we'll have to do, we'll have to do each other's golf tournament.
0: Absolutely. Next year, 2021, we're doing it. Doing it. All right. Last question. Um, where do you see yourself? Where do you see real estate really in the next 10 or 15 years? Uh, but really for yourself and your team, Paul, uh, what, what, what's next? What's the next step?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to cons- continue to grow the business. Um, you know, we're, we're at 12 agents right now. Uh, you know, we'll do about 700 deals a year. So our agents are very productive. Um, I I would like to hit that thousand mark when it comes to deals. I don't necessarily want to add too many more people to the team. Um, but I'd like to hit that thousand mark, uh, thousand deal mark. Um, you know, but one thing I think through this pandemic is things are changing and it's, 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 it's a new norm now. Uh, I have a, you've seen my big office in in the East end of Ottawa. I also have one in the West end of Ottawa. And some days I think, do I need an office? Like is, is, do I, do I need this, this square footage? Do I need it? I mean, right now I'm sitting in 4,500 square feet by myself, you know, like it's, so, so, you know, the future of real estate it could be, could it be, you know, no more bricks and mortar very well could be. Um, but one thing I can tell you is there's a lot with all these different companies coming in and, you know, buying houses and, you know, saying we don't need real estate agents. We can just do it. You will always need a real estate agent. You always need to feel touch and negotiate. You need a real estate agent for that. So anyone who thinks that the realtors are are, are going to be gone, they'll never be gone. No, no one's really buying houses without going in and touching them and feeling them. No one is doing that. I mean, there might be a few, but most people have to go in touch and feel that. And that's where the realtor comes in. And negotiations, we are professional negotiators. You'll always need someone to negotiate. So I don't think realtors are going anywhere. Uh, Will the business change? Absolutely. We saw the business change. We saw this business change through the pandemic, the way people are doing things. You have agents who have never done anything when it comes to technology are now technology whizzes. Uh, you've seen people who have, you know, never picked up a phone and walked through a house and shown people the house and the people buying it. They're doing that now. So I do believe real estate will change, but I strongly believe it's going to change for the better.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, Paul, great stuff. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. I know you're a busy guy and, uh, uh, was excited, like I said, to get you on this uh, on this podcast. So thank you so much, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast, uh, there's a lot of nuggets uh, on there, and they'll listen to it over and over again. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, if someone was looking to either relocate or had a a buyer or seller that was looking to uh, uh, do business in real estate up there, up in, in in Ottawa, for you, what what are some best contact numbers and maybe a contact number and email address that they can get a hold of? You at?
1: For sure. Uh, the, the phone number at the office here is uh, 613-788-2122. Uh, and my email address is very simple. It's paul at paulrushforth.com. And Rushforth is just like it sounds, Rushforth. Paul Paul at paulrushforth.com.
0: Yeah, and I'll put that on the screen here too so that everyone has it. Um, and paulrushforth.com I think is the best way to probably also just go on your website. You've got a great website, yeah. great agents, uh, tell Jocelyn I said hello. I know she's been, uh, a huge part of, of just the growth and the success of your company as well. And um, you know, you've done a great job, man. You've done a great job. I know a lot of uh, agents I talk to, even though we don't talk uh, as much as we used to do before. I know you're just a phone call away, and and um, you know, I know you you know you can call me as well. And there's a lot of agents uh, that definitely aspire to what you've built and uh, refer to a lot of stuff that you taught them as well. So. Uh, Thanks for always giving. Uh, Thanks for giving out to the community. And uh, here's to a great 2020 and even better 2021.
1: Thanks, Willie. And listen, thanks for having me on. And you know what, what some people don't understand is I've had some great coaches over the years and one of my coaches was you. So I do appreciate uh, everything you've done to help me, my business get to where it is too. So you're a big part of it. So thank you. All
0: right. Thank you, Paul. Talk to you soon.
1: Take care, buddy.